I'm Carrie Adams, and you're listening to Carrie's Connoisseurs, coming to you from Solid Gold Podcasts. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, and all the people who make it happen in the liquor and luxury industries from around the world. Hello, everybody. This morning, I have got Wade Roger Lund in the studios with me. I'm not sure where they would know you from, Wade. Before? Before with Jordan. That's right. Yeah. Wade is actually, I got a bio on him, and they said that he is the GM, the seller master, and the professional cleaner at Merendol at the moment. So that's what I'm doing. We're talking about all of that. Merendol, lots of exciting things happening at Merendol in the Durbanville Valley at the moment. So that's why he's here. And we have got however much time you want this morning to sit and chat about exactly that. So, welcome to Carrie's Connoisseurs. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you. I think you've had a bit of a rough week in Joburg this week. Yeah, it's been a busy week. It's been uh, lots of dinners, lots of trade visits, lots of meeting people. Um, yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> it's, it's almost time he for looks a, tired. Almost he time looks for a, like, for a break. He looks like it's time to go back to Cape Town. We work in Joburg, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Wade is actually a Joburg boy. Yeah. You're a Sinsidious boy. Yeah, yeah. Well, part we of, won't say that too loud. No. Part of, part of. They've got yeah. people identifying as wolves and things at the moment, I think. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, it could be that. And I, I don't think it's only them. I don't think it's exclusive. To them, no, let's not even go there. We won't talk about that, rubbish. No, no, no. We don't need to, I don't think we'll. It's we'll all bring a bit sort of embarrassing, yeah. so we won't do that. Mm. Born and bred in Johannesburg. No, so actually, I was born in Worcester, of all oh, places. Gosh. Okay, you tell me then. You yeah. tell me right from the start. So, so I was born in Worcester. Um, my parents lived on my grandfather's farm, so we've got a family farm outside of Bonnyvale, which is still in existence and. Uh, some really good capital seekers made from that farm. Um, but yeah, when I was about three weeks old, my parents moved up to Johannesburg because they're in the, in the engineering business and the business is much more lucrative up here. So, uh, so I ended up in Johannesburg, schooled here, grew up here. Um, but holidays were always spent on the farm in Bonnyvale with my grandfather. Bonnyvale's gorgeous. It is, oh, I love it. I could retire to Bonnyvale if I ever retire. Yeah, you should. It's, it's, it's very... What will I do, Wait, I'd never... I'd be so bored. drink wine. I do anyway. <laughs> but then you can look at the river and you can smell the, the flowers and all that stuff. It's a, quite, it's a really lovely town. It is a beautiful yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah, so the, 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 the draw has always been back and I think my grandfather imprinted that into me about wine and all that and uh, it was so were they just growers they didn't bottle anything under yeah. their own label yeah so they were just growers he you know sold Columbar and Chardonnay to Ashton or to KWV so he was just a just a farmer I know those were the days when it was actually quite a lot simpler to be a farmer it was yeah. a really civilized way it was very French really in its approach yeah. so all these growers that could just grow and have a lovely farm mm. beautiful lifestyle None of the pressure of having to put that stuff in a bottle no. and label it and get it out onto shelves and into restaurants and onto wine lists. Try and sell it, yeah. There's none of that pressure. So you yeah. can have all this gorgeousness of farming mm. that we love. Yeah. And none of the pressure, well, not none, but a lot less of the pressure that yeah. goes with it. 
Yeah, no, I think it was a much more simpler way of, mm. of doing it. We've, chosen, we've all chosen the hard way to do it. Oh, my God, it's really hard, and uh, it's getting harder. Yeah, it's getting harder, and I mean, like you see, wine, the South African wine quality is just stepping up leaps and bounds. And stepping up leaps and bounds, and I've got a couple of wine lists that I've been asked to do at yeah. the moment, and there's just so many wines to yeah. choose from. Yeah. That you honestly don't know what to put on, mm-hmm. you know. It's almost we're getting to the stage where I think the restaurants need to change their wine list a whole lot more mm. regularly than what they do at the yeah. moment. But it's also all about who's paying for what. So I suppose the big conglomerates pay for yeah, um, yeah. So for, us for that space, are, you know, for us that are doing it, trying to do it organically, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work. There's a lot yeah. of feet on the ground. Yeah. So you went to school here, and then went to school here, and then uh, so I was quite a big sportsman. Uh, played a lot of rugby in primary school, um, but then raced motorbikes. That was my that was my main passion was racing motorbikes. So you haven't got a single scar on you anywhere, not that I can see. The, uh, I've got I've got a few, but not too many. I was actually quite quite lucky in my career. I didn't <laughs> didn't break much. What bike did you race? So I raced for Honda, uh, the off road bikes. So I did a lot of that. Um, but then you know it's one of those things in South Africa. You're not really going to make no, money out of I it, know, so I you know. need a career. Uh, school didn't agree with me. I mean, I didn't, I didn't really, didn't work well in school. But uh, do you look back now and think that might have been twelve of the best years of your life? Yeah, well, simpler. Twelve of the simpler <laughs> years. Um, I kept telling my son that when he was telling me, "Oh, I'm second out of school," yeah. and it's a bit soul destroying when you're paying, you know, millions of rands to get yeah. your child through one of these very fancy schmancy schools. And they don't like it. But Jonathan did, actually. He was mm. quite good. He did his stuff. But there was the odd sort of spinning waist every yeah. now and again that said, oh, I don't want to do this. I kept saying to him, just enjoy it. Yeah. Because they really are 12 of the best years of your life, your, yeah. your primary and secondary schooling. Yeah, look, and I mean, I surprised my parents. My parents were always worried that I would end up failing or something. They always gave me <laughs> that speech. But I ended up getting, I think, a C plus for matric or something with I university exemptions. Nothing so, to be shy So there was nothing, there was nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, then after I decided, you know, racing, racing motorbikes was never going to be a long-term career. The only thing that ever... Was ever, drinking. <laughs> no, not drinking, no. <laughs> so no, straight no. from motor racing to drinking. No, 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 no. The, 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 the allure of the wine industry, you know. Because I suppose lifestyle. having grown up around it with Grandpa, yeah. hey? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, I was never going to sit in an office. Okay, now, <laughs> now, I have now, to, you do. now I have to sit in an office, but still, my office is on a wine farm. Mm. I've got 200 hectares that I can be in nature and all that stuff. So that's, that's amazing. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was it. And applied for, for winemaking at Alsenburg. So I looked at both. I looked at Stellenbosch and looked at Alsenburg. But I, I think Alsenburg offers a much more comprehensive yeah. sort of all-round thing. Yeah. We're probably going to get a phone call from Stellies and say, why did you say that? No. But, <laughs> but it does. Yeah. I look at all the boys and girls who go through Alsenburg and you all come out with a yeah. – it's obviously a very carefully thought-out comprehensive yeah. syllabus that they've put together. And it, and it became very – it came a lot more comprehensive and what made my decision quite – easy is you know Stellenbosch is very much a 
theoretical driven mm. you know, study research Alsenberg a bit more practical Alsenberg's yeah. a bit more practical but then when I was looking at it that's when Lorraine Haldenace had just come on board at the university she's the head lecturer now of and she's been there she's doing wonders for that for Alsenberg but she's got you know the masters in her in wine chemistry and all of that so she added that whole wine chemistry dimension. Are they a much more academic sort the of much application, more academic mm. application. Which is necessary actually. Yeah. You need both, don't you? Yeah. So then, so then, Alsenberg went from just being really hands-on to actually being hands-on, but also the academic side coming on vo- coming on board in a big way, mm. and that's what made my decision much more easier to mm. to go there. Also How long three, is the course? Three that's years. Three years. Yeah. So it's not a four-year degree like the actual Stellenbosch one, but it, yeah. it's a three-year degree and it's accredited by Stellenbosch. So. No, it's fabulous. I mean, yeah. and all of you boys and girls who've been through yeah. it, you're doing really, really well. So yeah. did you go straight from Elsenburg to the Jordans or did you travel a bit? Uh, so I actually, from Elsenburg, I went to Steenburg. So With John Lopes is still there. Yeah, John and JD and did some really cool stuff there. Obviously. Have you tasted some of John's bubbly at this stage of the game? He's making mm. such gorgeous yeah. bubbles, huh? Yeah, yeah, so that's... That's obviously where where John comes in. He's my uncle. <laughs> so, Is John your uncle? So, yeah. Thank God I didn't say anything rude about him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so yeah. So John was actually John was a big factor in me becoming a winemaker. You know, obviously with my with my grandfather's influence and then John's sort of role in in Steenburg, um, sort of when I was sixteen. Yeah, when I was sixteen. You know, on a, on a December trip down to the Cape, go to Steenburg, and we tried, you know, with my parents, he was letting me try wine, they were letting me try wines, and it sort of realized that it's a little bit more than just drinking it, squashing grapes and <laughs> f- fermented, yeah, fermented grapes, so so that was, he obviously played a big factor in it, and also played a big factor in why I'm so passionate about Cap Classique. And Steenburg, for anybody who hasn't been there, is possibly one of the most beautiful farms. Mm. It really is quite exquisite. Very, very. In that Constantia Valley. Yeah. It's got one of the best views in the Constantia oh, Valley. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. It's just gorgeous. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so so then I was at Silverthor, uh, at, at Stienberg. And then from Stienberg, I did some traveling. I went to, to Bordeaux first because um, I'd mainly... Uh, Stienberg does a bit of red wine, but it was mainly... White wine driven. Yeah, that Constantia really lends itself to whites, I think. Yeah, so I wanted to learn a little bit more about red wine production and get a bit more so than um, Matt from Clan Constantia got me in contact with the Dubois family who own Angelus mm, and Chateau nice. Dubois. So I, I went to did a harvest. Because they've got there. a share in Clan Constantia. They've got a share well, in Clan Constantia, yeah. A nice place to find yourself. Yeah. Chateau Angelus, who doesn't want that? Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> So that was cool. It did went and did a proper Bordeaux red wine harvest, um, and I didn't really, you know, in the on the winemaking side, didn't really learn much new stuff, different stuff. But in the vineyards, going around the vineyards with, that's, I know the attention to detail is so yeah. amazing. I've done one or two harvests in, yeah. in Bordeaux as well, and it's the attention to detail is actually a little bit OCD. It is. Um, I've, I'll never forget one or two mm. that I did where I honestly thought that it was ridiculous. I yeah. mean, but it's so not ridiculous when no. you see what comes out at the end of the day. But, but I mean, that, that's sort of, that's, and that's sort of imparted on my winemaking philosophy as well. 
So that was that was amazing. And then yeah, while I was actually in Bordeaux, then got a phone call from Jockey and uh, and Kathy, and yeah, they offered me a position at Jordan. And then yeah, I had a really nice interview with with Gary Jordan. When was it, Cal? Last week, I think it was last Friday. Yeah. In fact, uh, yeah, 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 he was here. They're just such nice people. They're yeah. very complete. They're very mm. sort of. Yeah. Humble sounds like, you know, yeah. who needs to be humble, really? But yeah. they, they're modest. Yeah, they're modest. I mean, because they, uh, they built that brand from the ground. Right? No, it's I mean, amazing. It's amazing what they And the they energy did. levels are such that you actually, oh, yeah. feel, I felt exhausted just listening to what they do in a day. You know, there's Mouse Hall. I call it Mouse House. But there's Mouse House and yeah. there's Jordan and there's restaurants and there's building yeah. plantings and there's new projects. And there's, it's, it's just so... Yeah. It's very infectious. Yeah, yeah nice no, people. No. So that must have fired you up, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that got me properly fired up because they are really. I mean, that's, that's a brand. It's an amazing brand to, cool. to work for and huge. Um, I come from also, like I said, my parents. I come from my parents are also own their own business, built their own business from the ground up. So mm. I sort of, I sort of learned the the hard work that goes into running a family business. Did you suddenly think how clever your mum and dad were? Yeah. Well, no, no, I was so good, clever. I was so stupid when Jonathan, from about 14 to 24, I yeah. think, he couldn't understand how I even had enough brain power to keep all my bodily functions going at the same time, yeah. you know? And then all of a sudden, one day when he had to go to work, I started becoming a whole lot cleverer than I ever had been before. <laughs> it was the strangest thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it... Um yeah, so they were, they were, that was amazing. And how long were you at Jordan for? Almost seven years. Mm. So it's a, it was a long stint. Mm, it's good. I, I mean, it was a long stint and I, it was nice. So I was lucky enough before Gary and Kathy moved to Mousehall, I was lucky enough to work with them for the two years. Um, and sort of how Jordan worked is there's the farm manager or the vineyards and then there's the winery and then Gary was sort of in between. Mm. He was that link between the vineyards and mm. the winery. Uh, so I got to work quite closely with him because as he started stepping away to go to Mouse Hall and start building that brand, I started then fulfilling that role again. Yes. Or, or not fulfilling, but like stepping into that role. Yeah. So then I started learning much more in depth about the, the vineyards, uh, learning about Gary's thought patterns. And that again has also been a, a big a big positive to what my oh, philosophy gosh, is. It's so invaluable, yeah. It's invaluable knowledge. I mean, and he was so so giving in the knowledge um, mm. because he could see that it would pay it would pay back for him as well in the, in the long run. Yeah, he and Cassie have mentored a lot of very meaningful people no, in no, the industry. There's, mm. there's so many. Um, mm. And I mean, you know, I, uh, my winemaker that I hired at, at Mirandal went through Jordan. It's, yes. It's, uh, there's, a, there's a reason... Why I took it on so because you know it's well, there's that philosophy, there's that, that sort philosophy. of exists, and a work ethic that sort of yeah. exists that you can relate to. Uh, and I mean, I look at yeah. I look at so many interns that came through Jordan in the time that I was there that have got some seriously powerful positions in the wine industry now, and purely based on coming back for a second mm. harvest. You know, if if we if we at Jordan if we had invited you back for a second harvest, then you knew you were. Okay. You were okay. <laughs> and you'll be okay and you'll get somewhere in the industry. And there are. I mean, I've got Danila who she did two years of harvests. Actually, she did harvest and I kept her on. And then she did some 
Portugal stuff, and now she's the head winemaker of Saronsburg. Oh, I know so, exactly who you're speaking about. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... it's what? Yeah. Where's Diervold gone? Diervold's at Nietlingshof now. Is well, he? the new owners of Nietlingshof yes, took him yes, on as... Yes. I think he's like a... Boss. The boss of, yeah. of it, yeah. So, so, so... I always wonder about you boys, because winemaking and the vineyards, it's a bit like being a gardener. You know, I, I'm a big gardener, so it's like being a garden boy or a garden girl. Yeah. We're allowed to say that still. We can on this show. We can say whatever we like. So it's like being a garden boy, and except you get to eat the peaches and make, yeah. you know, you make plum pudding and all that sort of stuff. And then you get put into a place where, you, as you say, sit behind a desk. Yeah. And you've got to try and make the maths of it work, which is tricky. Yeah. Don't you sometimes wish that you could just jump across the fence again and oh, become a garden boy geez. again? Yeah, no, I had it I had it probably two weeks ago, you know. <laughs> looking at five different budgets for five different departments and I just think to myself, man, mm. I just wanna I just wanna go you know, just leave me for one week to I be know, a winemaker again. Head sore. It does, you know, you it's it, it yeah. But I mean it uh it is the un, it is So the did you go straight from okay, so you were overseas. Yeah. You came back to Jordan. Yeah. And then you went straight from Jordan to Merendal. There was a gap in between where I did some some other stuff. Um, worked for worked on the in the service industry. Um, what does that mean? Were so, you a hooker? <laughs> no, not that. Not that service industry. No, no, no. <laughs> what kind of an answer no, is that? So, so I worked for a company that had you know the filtration services and all that. Um, uh, uh, the, the owner of the company approached me because he needed a winemaker that could help him also restructure and realign the the, the yeah. business a bit. Uh, so I went in there to help and give a bit of stuff. And then when my contract had run up, then then I went. Then I moved to Mirandol. Um And Mirandol is for all of you. Mirandol is in Durbanville. Yeah. We had a nice tasting this week. You went at it. No, no. So, so. Uh, we had a nice tasting in Johannesburg this week. Yeah, the Durbanville Wine Valley the was Durbanville up this week as well. The Durbanville Wine Valley, some lovely wines coming mm. out of that valley, and it's always been really considered, I think, a bit of a poor relation to the rolling, beautiful mountains of Stellenbosch mm. and the pretty brookie lace of Franschhoek, yeah. and 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 and. Mm. So. My memory of of um, Durbanville was was sort of lots of pylons. I don't mm. know, lots of electrical pylons running through there. Some some perspicacious person put lots of electricity and stuff there. Yeah. So you can't be bothering at the moment with with load shedding, I don't think. But um, it wasn't the prettiest place. Polka Dry Hills. It's, it's a bit sort of ugly ducklingish. Yeah. You know, when you think of how magnificently beautiful yeah. our wine lands actually are. Yeah. So. Durbanville doesn't immediately spring to mind as being the most beautiful. But I mean, it, 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 it actually is. And now, you know, in winter, so we, Durbanville is on the, on the edge of the Platteland, so to mm. say, Philadelphia. And we've got so much canola, so much wheat that grows there. Yes. I mean, now it's a, it's a sea of yellow at the moment. Oh, must be So it pretty. looks amazing. And then, obviously, then comes summer, and then you've got the green of all the vineyards. And I mean, we've got there, there's a lot of vineyards planted in the area. Philadelphia is quite big, mm. plant, planting wise. Um, 
So we only... What do you plant on there? Shale? No, What's clay. There? Is it clay? Mainly clay. So it's like it, real Bordeaux-ish. Yeah, it's it's obviously not that, that quite intense blue clay, but I mean, mm. we've got a really good clay layer there. It's, it's amazing. So, so water holding capacity is amazing. And for that reason, Mirandal is completely dry land. We don't have any irrigation. Don't you? All, all dry land vineyards. Um, so obviously what, whatever rainfall we get, we get. Um, mm. This year we've got too much. I it's, just also it quite, it's also quite nice because, to be fair, Durbanville is quite close to Cape Town, isn't it? Yeah. So you sort of we got the best of, of both we're worlds. Close, we're closer to Cape Town than what Stellenbosch is. Oh, much? Yeah, much closer, much closer. Yeah. 20, 20 minutes it takes us to, yeah, it's, it's down the N1, N7 and you're in Durbanville. Yeah. In no time, so it's a pretty, it's a nice and easy valley to get to. So let's talk about Merindal. Yeah. Merindal is one of the oldest properties in the country. I think mm. it might even have been one of the first established wine farms in the country. Um, yeah. So if we're not looking at Hood Constantia, yeah, yeah, sort of stuff, yeah. which is where we started, but mm. it's very, very old. And mm. I don't know why. There's something in my head that's telling me that Merindal is part of. Part of the back killed at one stage. Yes, yeah. It was, it hey? Was, yeah, yeah. I said that to someone the other day, and they said, no, you're thinking of mere lust, or you're thinking mm. of... I said, no, I'm sure Merendal wines mm. were available from yeah. the back killed So the very, the very first ever Shiraz and Pinotage in the country to be bottled under a label other than back Calder or something like mm. that was the Merendal Shiraz and Merendal Pinotage yes. in 1969. Wow. So it went through back and we've still got we've still got 11, 11 bottles and fourteen bottles of that vintage, and it's got the back the label, but it is then Mirandal Estate, which is amazing. Oh, because I can remember when I first came back here and I went to Norman Goodfellows, I could buy Mirandal from mm. the back for my clients. Yeah. Lovely ones. Yeah, no. And they did sort of, they did sort of uh, specialize in Pinotage a bit. Mm. Yeah, and. You left me some wines a few months back, and I tasted through them sort of gradually by myself. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes you end up tasting with someone and you don't pay attention properly. Mm. So I did actually pay attention. We'll tell you all about what's happening with Merendal now. Yeah. But just to say that those wines are actually tasting really, really nice. Mm. I don't know who made those wines that you left with me. No, those were so. Those were so. I only started in May last year. Yeah. So I obviously inherited a lot of wines. Um, mm. So they were made by the previous winemaker. Mm. But we are rolling. We're starting to roll over onto the newer wines. Mm. So we're getting, getting my stuff. We'll start filtering into the market very soon. Yeah. Well, we have already now. The Sauvignon, 23 Sauvignon. So, so let's talk about Merendal. Tell yeah. everybody about Merendal because it's got a brand new sole owner. It's had a whole load of owners. I yeah. think there were about 15 of them or something, or seven. There were lots of people yeah, who owned was, it. There was lots of, so it's, it's not relatively that new. But, yeah, so 2004, there was a, a consortium of about 11 Yeah, 11 I remember there was a lot of, that, lot of people. That, that bought, the, bought the farm from the Stark family when yeah. um, Kwesi Stark passed away. Or it took a few years, and then, then eventually it came on the market, and they bought it. But then over the over the time, uh, Hanman and Aleta Kutzer eventually started buying out well all the other 
all the other um, shareholders realize that, you know, wine making is, or wine farming is not as easy as <laughs> what it looks in. It's not it as looks as usually glamorous. Yeah. The whole industry looks glamorous, it but does. it's not yeah. actually, yeah. but it is nice. Yeah, but um, yeah, we've got to, we've got to sell glamour on our side, but obviously mm. in the back end it is quite And you know, let's be honest. It's very seductive when you mm. when you go through a, a sort of a set of gateposts yeah. and you drive along this long driveway and oak, lined, yeah. oak trees, beautiful yeah. cape oak trees. Shame we can't use that oak to make barrels, mm. hey. And you and you drive along these beautiful tree-lined driveways and at the sort of end of the driveway on most of them yeah. are these magnificent Cape Dutch manor houses. Yeah. And I think Mirandol's one of those. Huh? Yeah. I remember going there once. Um, beautiful, beautiful, with thick old walls and yeah. little gardens in the front. The, the, it is, honestly, we've got beautiful wine lands in no, South Africa. Do. It doesn't matter where, even if I'm, I'm rudely saying Durbanville mm. is ugly. You know, it's like saying... You know, I don't know who's beautiful, Rachel Welsh on a bad day, but <laughs> it's it's just extraordinarily beautiful, and the and the um, the lifestyle that goes with it is absolutely gorgeous. But yeah. it's damn hard work. Yeah. It's farming at the it's, end of the day. Farming, it's just a yeah. bit prettier than Mimi's. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It's much more glamorous than maize or something, <laughs> yeah. but it but it's still it's farming. It's agriculture. So so when did Herman? Purchased the farm outright. So by by 2014, he had taken sole ownership of the was farm. Was it that long ago? So it was that long ago. So what's he been doing for the no, last so, 10 so, years? So obviously he's got some other businesses that he's got <laughs> running. and uh, He has got lots of other businesses. Yeah. He's a very important person. And in fact, he is one of the people that we can thank for the Radisson Blue Hotels in South Africa. Mm. He, he brought those here. He's a clever and a nice man. Yeah. And I think Mirandal couldn't be in better yeah. hands, really. Yeah, and I mean, and he was clever enough to employ you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's so passionate about the brand. Um, so, so, yeah, so it, it it went through it went through some ebbs and flows, and it needed quite a big, drastic change. And I think COVID COVID also sort of brought quite a big change to Mirandal. To everyone, I think. To everyone, and uh, and then we had to. Had, he had to sort of start relooking at it, and uh, he's got so much passion for the brand. It's it's. Has he? It's, is he living on the farm? Uh, so he's still he is still based in is Europe. He living? Oh, yeah, I was going to say because he didn't live here. For no, a while. but he's very much. I mean, he's been here now for the last three weeks, and he keeps extending his stay by another week and another <laughs> week and <laughs> another week. Who wouldn't want to be there? Yeah. Talk about keep on Callum. Every now and again, I see a thing flash up on my screen with Chinese writing on it. Is that right? <laughs> Are we speaking the right language yeah. here? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, so it's it's quite, he's, he's exceptionally passionate and he's putting so much um, input into the business to get it back to where he wants. Has he? Yeah. So that was my next question. We're messing around talking about yeah. girl things. It's like we had a girl's tea party here. The vineyards. Yeah. Have you started replanting vineyards? So we we haven't we haven't started a replanting a replanting plan. It is in place. Or not I'm not gonna look at replanting, pulling out because I don't I don't have massive virus on the farm. That's a quite a nice thing is Mirandal is quite secluded. We've got mm. we've got Demersdal on our, our fence. 
but I mean, Tayslo farms so well that Tayslo does everything so well. So we're very nice. We shut quite quite protected. So virus on the farm is very limited. Um, and I'm also of the opinion, and I know they're doing it in lots of other wine growing areas mm. around the world, is that to rip out a whole vineyard mm. is not necessarily the cleverest thing to do. Mm. Just pull out the vine that's sick. Yeah, pull out the vine that's sick. So you know, if yeah. I've got if I've got a fungus on my left foot, I'll just cut the left foot off. Yeah. I'm going to cut both legs off yeah. or kill myself. You know, <laughs> you, have to, you have to think a little bit yeah. out of the box. I think a lot of you are now just starting to put in a vine yeah. plant. Well, it's, also, it's, not, it's not just about that. It's also we've got to look at how we can make the vines healthier. And that's sort of where I've, where, where I've started working towards. Yes, is I have started the conversion of the farm to organic. So that is that is my that is my big driving force at Mirandol that I want to do. What's the main what's the main contribution do you think to organic farming? I mean we know about chemical sprays and things, but what's yeah. the rest? So so you know part of our studies the big thing the big thing that we learned and it was throughout the three year course was soil science. Mm. Studying soil studying the microbiology of the soil, the chemistry of the soil. And I just, you know, I take it and I look at spraying the vin- spraying the rose to kill everything in the surface. You're also killing everything in the soil. I know, it's like chemotherapy. So, so yeah, exactly. That's a, that's a exactly what brilliant way to put it. Huh. And I don't tend to, that my philosophy doesn't agree with that. Mm. Um, you know, they taught you if you have a healthy soil, you're always going to have a healthy it's sort of like slash and burn agriculture in in the maize lands. In the that's that's moving. It was very big because it was get, got carbon yeah. into the soil. Yeah. But then you killed everything else in the soil. So like stuff I like know. that's changing. So so organic is also you know it's almost like boosting the immune system of the vine. Mm. We getting all the natural stuff back into the soil. Um, and I mean Johan Reinecke. Yeah, and spearheads it. He's brilliant. So, so, so he's he's helping. He's helping. Have you us heard of a, a thing called biotite? No. I'm gonna speak to you about biotite. Okay. All you boys need to know about biotite, but that's for a different conversation. But yeah. it's, no, no. it does exactly that. It sort of rebalances the microbes and the whatever yeah. in the soil. Anyway, we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. So, 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 so we're moving moving organic. Um, my first two blocks will be fully organic for 2024 harvest. So and then what do you do? You put cover crops in that re sort of so yeah. lupins and so, stuff. So the big thing, the big thing in South Africa is the control of weeds. Mm. That's the big thing. You know, pests and insects we can handle with natural little predators. Why do you think we weeds grow so well? Because they have no competition. <laughs> That's exactly. Because You're we, the only person who's ever answered that correctly. Actually, be, because we've <laughs> taken the competition away, and that's why that's why organic is so great because. Yes, it's, it's, and what scares people is it's expensive. Mm. Well, you can make expe- you can make very expensive mistakes. Um, yes. So it's very daunting to all the guys. But as soon as you start creating that competition for weeds, we sh- will start. Whatever, whatever you find to combat the weeds, mm. we're going to put into capsule form, and we're going to use that as a cancer treatment. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. It's exactly the same philosophy. Yeah. Mm. So, um, so that's, that's a big thing that will also help. So the, the re, on the replanting side, 
there, there's some plans to plant some new stuff. Um, Let's some, go through what you've got there. We so know you've got Pinotage. We've got Pinotage. We've got Cabernet. I've got a young block of Cabernet. Yeah. I remember uh, you telling me yeah. you've got Shiraz. Shiraz, Merlot. Merlot, Sauvignon Blanc. Sauvignon Blanc, and I've got a block of Pinot Noir. Hey. And a small block of Chardonnay. We all want to grow Pinot Noir. Yeah. We all want to grow That's Pinot Noir. I remember I had a, <laughs> I had a share in a farm yeah. in the Cape. And all I wanted was to grow Pinot Noir. Yeah. And well, yeah. it was at Cape Agulhas. Yeah. In, in Elam, actually. But it, it should have worked there. Of course it does, except, like I say, yeah. you get up early in the morning and you go out there and there's your little vines hanging onto the trellises like this in the wind. And it's so windy. Yeah. And it's sitting there being hit by all the forces of nature. Yeah. And you just wonder if those little vines are ever yeah. going to be able to grow. They do. Yeah. And we do make nice Pinot Noir in South Africa, no, some, really some nice Pinot yeah. Noir. Very different to Burgundy, but mm. still nice. Yeah. And I think the people who are winning with Pinot Noir are the people who are trying not to be too Burgundian. Hey, what do we think? I agree with you there. Yeah. So you've, you've planted some Pinot Noir. You boys can't well, help yourselves. Yeah, we well, they, they, they planted it quite a few years. So, so the, the youngest vines I have on the farm were 2018, a Merlot and a Cab Block. There were new plantings, but then... Before that, 2007 is the last time that we planted on Mirandale. Oh, really? So the Pinot Noir was planted in, in 2004. Um, and we've got three different clones. We've got the the proper red wine, Burgundian clone, and then we've got the two Champenoise Champ um, clones. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, windy. Mira, <laughs> I, I still, coming from Stellenbosch to Durbanville, I swear the wind is manufactured at Mirandal. It's crazy. Do you think so? It is so windy. But you know what? It, the nice thing is, is, is it keeps my fungal. I can say it blows down. away all the frotties yeah. and it also keeps the grapes nice and cool. Yeah. So the, the Pinot Noir that is, uh, I, I like to, I've got, a, I've got a two-year-old and she's going through the terrible twos. And I'm, I liken Pinot Noir to a two-year-old brat, <laughs> so to speak. I that doesn't say, want know, to listen and doesn't want to do anything. My grapes have all got genders, which is very, <laughs> very unpopular. <laughs> but that's just how it is. Yeah. And I always say that Pinot Noir, I think Pinot Noir is a lesbian. I think it's a gay girl. Okay. Interesting. Straight gay girl. I mean, not straight. It's not straight, straight, straight but you know what I mean? I get I confused with LGBTQGPXYZ. I can't do all of that. I just know about, you know, <laughs> yeah. boys who like boys and girls who like girls, about which we don't have a problem. Hmm. But it's definitely a gay girl. Okay. It knows that it's red. Yeah. And so it's supposed to identify uh as something that is strong and masculine because that's what yeah. reds are. I mean, they're stronger and yeah. bigger and bolder than the whites. But then it's sort of, maybe it menstruates every month. I don't know, but it gets totally premenstrual yeah. in the cellar and it throws tantrums in the oh, vineyard. Yeah, no, it's and it's, so it's like a boy, half boy, half yeah. girl. Do you know what I mean? That's why it's, that's why it's a gay so, girl. Yeah, so me. it's the hardest, it's the, it's the, the one that I'm going to have to work the hardest at. On and the it body. makes the best wine in the whole world. Oh, we wow. love it. Yeah. You just, when you get it right, when you, when you finally seduce your Pinot Noir yeah. vineyard yeah. and it listens to you in the cellar, mm. so that's, you that's, fall in yeah. love like never, ever, ever before yeah. or again in your life. Yeah, so that one is my, uh, 
that one's my passion project. And I was talking to Angela Lloyd last year sometime about Pinot Noir in Durbanville. And I think, geez, it's, I, I really want to make a, a brilliant Pinot Noir out of that vineyard. And I think it you can. You might. You might. No, I, I think I look at, I look, look I've, I've done one harvest there. And just looking at how it wor- how that vineyard performed and what it can do, I can see that it's, it can it can make something special. So yeah, I've, it's actually it's it is my it's my main focus for next year. You know, I've learned a lot about the vineyards this year, the wines. There's stuff I need to fix on the other wines that I learned this year. Um, but the Pinot Noir is the one that I'm going to focus on the most next year to to figure out its its nuances and get that right. Yeah. Um, what are really, the yields like? Are they are they so reasonable? Yeah. So reasonable. Um, the lowest I've got is my re- my old bush vine pinotage, uh, which is running at about four point six tons a hectare. Jeez, even that's not too bad. That's not bad. It's not bad for that, an old vine. That old vine is that old man has got some serious power in him. Oh, wonderful! Um, Must be making nice grape, nice wine. Oh, yeah. So that's that's a special block. I'll tell you a little bit about that block. It's the original, so it comes from the original Perold cuttings. Oh, does it? Um, that was the farm, the block that was Alsenberg. So it's, it's you know, you've got Bellevue, uh, we've got Eitervake, Bellevue, Canoncorp, and then it's our one. Mm. So it's fourth oldest. Um, so it's a very, very special block. And what, what I like about that block is it's got a lot of the Pinot Noir nuances in it. I'm finding that more and more and more with Pinot uh. when I'm tasting. And that, so to me, sorry, that, to me, that's the direction that we should Absolutely be taking Pinotage in South Africa. Be. This old school, heavy, big. No. Like, we need to turn and, that down. And Pinot as we know, is a, is a parent yeah. of Pinotage. Mm. And so it deserves to have that light, pretty tinkliness. Yeah. You know, Bergen, Pinot Noir tinkles uh, yeah. on your tongue. It should do that. Yeah. And Pinotage should do the same. And one of the first people who's Pinotage really tinkled on my tongue for me was was Anthony Hamilton Russell mm. with Ashbourne. The Ashbourne one, yeah. Oh man, that was very very Pinot Noirish. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think that so nothing against the the Stellenbosch because I mean like we saw the top ten they they con they Stellenbosch controlled the, the Pinotage top ten yeah. this year, but I think on a global on a global standpoint. I think if we go a little bit more away from that direction, more mm. to the Pinot Noir direction, we actually might then get a get Pinot Noir. I definitely think uh, you will. Definitely yeah. from an old block like that. Yeah, yeah. So we so we're doing. We've done your Pinot Noir. We've mm. spoken about that. We've mm. done a little new block of cab. Mm. We Merlot. Yes, Why but, do we want Merlot for your blend? So Merlot is always, you know, I I like I like Merlot because it really is a a good selling wine in the local market. Wow, people love Merlot. I'm not sure why. You know, I I like I really like Merlot in that it's really nice and fruit forward. It's got that chocolatiness that comes out, and then it's really well balanced. It is really easy to make a well balanced. Yeah, Merlot. it's velvety, and I like it mm. if it's blended with something. Yeah, I find it a little bit sort of lichendi brook. Yeah, well, look, so, so I had the conversation with Tim Akin when we were doing my tasting, and. I said to him, I, I know you're not going to score my Merlot 95 <laughs> points or whatever, 90 points plus, but but it sells. The South African market South drinks African it. Market loves they love Merlot. it. It's easy to drink. It's easy to drink. So so Merlot-wise, I, I think it's always good to have a Merlot that is an easy drinker for your local market because it, it, 
it makes them happy and then it also um, welcomes them or invites them to your yes, general does. brand. So, uh, so I think a Merlot is always good to make. But then on the blend side, Mirandol in the late 90s made some amazing Cab Merlot blends. Mm. I mean, they were... Yeah, they did. They were announced Stonking good. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to making one and I will be releasing a new one next year. Really? A new Cab Merlot will be released next year. So I'm looking forward How to How old that. is your Cabernet Vignette? The Cab Vineyard is five years old. Okay, so, so it'll be just about perfect. So it's, it's, I was going to say seven is yeah. a magic number. So, so, so last, year's, last year's harvest still had that little bit of a green tint mm. to it, mm. whereas this year it's, I see, it seems to have gone away. But also I, uh, I did some serious pruning on the block because it, it wanted to push tonnage, so I did some serious pruning yeah, on the block. Yeah, cut it right back did and some, let it get a bit riper maybe. Did some green harvesting and I let it get ripe. Yeah. So, so that's a nice thing with a young block of cab servers. It's always going to want – it goes gets ripe quite nicely. Mm. Um, and what's nice about it where it is is it's sheltered, so it should be relatively protected from getting any virus or any, mm. anything, anything funny there. Uh, it's it's also started. It's and organic. you're going to use most of your merlot in a blend, or what? If it comes yeah, out so, nicely. So, so most of my so actually majority of my merlot is in my straight merlot. So it's the biggest seller of the of the of the merlot. Then I've got a I've got a cape blend that it goes into, and then now this cab merlot, this new cab merlot based. And is Sauvignon the only white that you make? So yeah, on the farm, it's the only only white that I've. Grapes that I've got apart from the little the little bit of Chardonnay. It's only three hundred vines of Chardonnay, but that goes to base wine. I wanted to sneeze there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so the 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 Sauvignon Blanc mainly goes yeah, that's the it's the main one. We've got five blocks of Sauvignon Blanc and that's about it. But I do make a I do make a Chenin Blanc and I do make a Chardonnay. Oh, really? But I buy the grapes from a neighboring farm. So it's still wine of origin Cape Town and it's a a very, a very nice farmer to work with. Okay. Um, because obviously, you know, you you got to have a shed and you got to have a chardonnay on your yeah. on your listing. And the nice thing is, with with speaking to Harriman about it, and my ideas is, if if we're going to put that on our on our brand, and it's not something that we planted, but it's those are in the plant for planting. I've already. Have you still got spare land to plant? We do. We have some really nice, we really nice spots that I've identified, especially for the Chardonnay and the Shannon, that will will come up. And then, yeah. So I, I said to Harriman that I'm going to buy, rather buy, go find really good grapes to make these wines. Mm. So yes, yeah, it's not going to be an estate wine, but it's it's something that I've had my my finger on. And yeah. Um, so I work nice and, and closely with and the farmer. And for the for the people going to shop. The label's not changing dramatically, hey? I don't think you must it's, change the label it's not, dramatically. It's changing. Is so it? It, it is changing, but not dramatically. Yeah, you must All that I'm doing is I'm focusing, so like you said, the manor house. I'm focusing more on the manor house. Yeah, it's so pretty. Um, on, the, on the labels, um, there is a little bit of a, a black. Yes, an outline. I'm taking that out. I want to I wanna focus more on the label or on the house. I mean, that's Mirandel's. I know, it's your feature. It's biggest everywhere. thing. I mean, that's one of the oldest manor houses so, in the country. So, so, so the, the... How the, old is it? It was built in 1934. No, man. Yeah. The original manor house? Yeah, that... Well, no, it was it was rebuilt in 1934. Yeah. I think there was old... No, it was like other, 18-something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> there, 
<laughs> yeah, I'm telling everybody it's one of the oldest manor houses in the yeah. in the country, and you tell me it's 1934. But, but the current the current iteration was yes a little bit redone in re- 1934. Yeah, yeah, more more recent. Mm. Um, so yeah, so the labels are changing, and I'm going to start phasing them in now as I start bottling. But it's still going to. Will you keep the writing the same? Yes, yes, yes. Because yeah. you know, I always say it's so having been in retail for so long in my life. And you get to speak to the people who you are trying to sell these wines to. You speak to them on a daily basis. Yeah. And one of the main things is that they need to be able to recognize that label. Yeah. The South African wine industry is hell-bent on changing their labels all the time. Yeah. And if you look at some of the old, most successful labels in the world, mm. they've stayed the same for over 100 years, yeah. 200 years, yeah. some of them. So don't change that writing. It's very yeah. distinctive. That's... There's a couple. I've got a whole lot of things that I wanted to speak to you about <laughs> after our chat when okay. you came up to Johannesburg before. Mm. Um, the label is very distinctive, and we all remember that label. And yeah. you know, I suppose you have to tweak it a bit to try and attract yeah. a newer energy mm. into your space. But a lot of the time, the money vests with an older energy, mm. and you need to find a balance yeah. between the two. Yeah, mm. so, that, so that's all we're doing is we're just putting more, mm. just that little bit more focus on the house. Mm. Um, and what else is at the farm? If the guys who are watching us want to go and visit you, there's a restaurant. Oh, jeez, there's everything. I mean, it's… it's are there a guest? Oh, there's a boutique got, hotel. We've got a boutique hotel. It's a, it's a five-star boutique hotel. Do you run that too? No. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, luckily, I don't have to. Because I said you're the cleaner as well. Yeah, hospitality is not my fortitude. So, so luckily, we've got a a, a manage a management team of the hotel. Because that, I mean, yeah, it's right? big. A hotel is another beast. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, to to have to worry about a wine business and a hotel is for a bit, people who are trying to do yeah. their hell their hell moments on earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so luckily, I I'm spared that. I'm spared that. Uh, How big is the boutique hotel? We've got 19 rooms. Okay, so that's so quite big. It's quite big, yeah. And I mean, it's it's amazing how the Cape is running at the moment. Lots over, of over, win- over winter, we're running about 74% occupancy. Really? So it, it really is doing of course, well. that's very nice. I mean, summer is already starting to book out. Um, you haven't really had any summer. We haven't, no, we haven't. So, so we're looking forward to The weather that. in the Cape leaves a bit to be desired. This year has been terrible. <laughs> it's been a long and You're all very smug winter. about how beautiful you are. Yeah. I think we're much more beautiful in Joburg. You don't have to say anything. (laughs) (laughs) I grew up in Joburg. We have the most magnificent changes of season in Johannesburg. So like now, you can definitely see it's spring. In the Cape, it's pretty all the time. So there's no real change of season. Other than the lime green oak trees. Yeah. That's the only thing that tells you it's spring. Really. That really is because it just goes from green to green. There's Mm. no real... Mm. Mm. And you had lots and lots and lots of rain this year. Oh my! It's, What's that done stopping. to the vineyards? Well, it should be. It should be. Uh, I'm. I'm a bit concerned. We might get quite quite a big tonnage next year. Mm. Um, so I might need to do some some green harvesting and limited limited production. Yeah, definitely. Because I want to obviously concentrate the fruit. So I think we'll have to. Because with dry land, whatever they get, they're gonna. They're going to be happy. So, what are you doing with your with your Sauvignon Blanc? Do you put a splash of Semillon in from somewhere? No, no. Straight Sauvignon Blanc. It's a straight Sauvignon Blanc. So, I have I have learned a little bit of stuff this year with the harvest. So, 
uh, I'm not 100% happy with the 23 Savion because I uh, I tended to put I tended to put my Jordan cap on a bit too much and think along the lines of Jordan too much mm. or use that use that sort of mentality that I worked with. Um, so I'm changing it up and going back to using a bit more of my Stenberg mentality of how to manage. Yeah, it's a much better plan. Because with such a, with such a high clay content, we have yeah. some serious acids in the, in the Durbanville Valley. Mm. So I've got a few tricks up my sleeve that I'll pull out in 2024. How are you going to deacidify some of that? <laughs> well, you do lose quite a lot after fermentation and you stuff. You do right? lose quite a lot, but on, on, the, Not enough. on the Durbanville stuff, it's amazing. It stays. Are you, are you cheating it to any oak? So... I am making a, I am going to make, well, I did. For 2023, I'm making a Blanc Fumé. Okay, good. Um, good. I think that that Durbanville fruit lends itself to that sort of style of something yeah, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, I, I 100%. I walked, when I walked in there last year, the first thing I said is, why is there, there, there must be a Blanc Fumé. We need it. Absolutely. I can smell it already, oh, yeah. even just talking to you. So, so, made, so we've made one, and I'm actually going to bottle it now in November. Uh, so that'll be ready in December for release, which is quite I'm excited about. It's it really is it's showing beautifully. It's showing beautifully at the mm. moment. Um, but on the on the general, do you make a sticky? We do, we do. You know, I love sticky. We do make a sticky. Uh, I have got one that I've sort of inherited from 2018. It's still and around. is it from Sauvignon Blanc? Sauvignon Blanc, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I will. I'll probably need to make a new one next year, which is quite. And the farm lends itself to to noble. I was going to say, do you inoculate or do you sort of catch the disease every year? No, it 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 really catches. If I were to leave my Sauvignon Blanc too late, it would all go it. like that. Yeah, yeah. Because we've well, got. Maybe you could make a baby Chateau de Ken there. You never know. Well, so what? I, what I am doing? What, what's what's quite fun that I'm going to do is in front of the one restaurant, we've got 23 vines of. Uh, Muscata Alexandri, gorgeous. Planted, well, okay, we're not. I'm not too sure, but for for Salvas, so I've certified it with Salvas, and I'm certifying certifying with the Old Vine Project. Is we can date them to 1936. Wow. So uh, that's definitely Old Vines Project. That's stuff Old there. Vine Project stuff. So it's actually now they're going to be the oldest vines in the wine of origin Cape Town scheme. They must my be. Pin, my pinotage was. My heritage block was, yes. now these are going to take that yes. mantle from it. Um, and that I'm going to, I had I had Rosa Kruger there last week on the farm with us and the vineyard team to go through it and prune it. Um, yeah, that must be it was, quite carefully done. It was, it, was sort of, it was sort of, those vines were sort of left to do their own thing. You know, they were, they were pruned and by the garden mm. teams and all that and the staff were eating the, eating the grapes <laughs> and enjoying it. Cause, I mean, it's very That's nice. so delicious, I know. But last year I sort of... Uh, Read them the riot act, and I said, "Sorry, guys, I'm going to start making. Bounds, I'm yeah. going to start making wine from oh, this. It's going to be so delicious." So I, I worked it a little bit this year. Just harvested the grapes to, and I, I just put them in with some stuff. It was only 97 kilograms. It wasn't a lot, but now I, Rosa came in to help us reprune it, reshape it, get power into the into the shoots that are going to grow the grapes, and then I'll, I'll probably make a straw wine from that next year. Mm. Proper, proper. It's my mission before I die to get more people drinking straw and sticky mm. and noble late and you know natural sweet. Uh, yeah. They're so nice, and and South Africa makes such lovely yeah. ones, and they're so relatively inexpensive when you think the, the of what you're paying in the rest of the world. You're yeah. paying some, and 
And when you explain to somebody that it is literally sucking blood out of a stone, yeah. it literally is. I mean, how do you squeeze juice out of a raisin? You know, yeah. it just it's not going to happen. Yeah. But it's it's an art form and it's gorgeous and we yeah. really do it well. No, we do. I mean, so from, from my side, from a personal standpoint, I collect sweet wines. Do you? Because... I know I liked you from the start. There, I knew there was something. So, so this, I mean, the sweet wines that are made in South Africa are just oh, exquisite. And then, like absolutely you said, it's divine. And cheap, cheap compared. If you were to buy equivalent quality mm. from France or to Hungary no, yeah, no, or anywhere else, you'd be paying. You'd be paying 500 euros. Probably yeah. times more. I mean, it's just, you can buy a decent bottle of sticky wine in mm. South Africa for under 200 rand. Mm. And it's normally in a 375 yeah. or a 500 ml bottle. Yeah. You can honestly times that by 10 or yeah. more if you're trying to buy it anywhere else yeah. in the world. Yeah, well, I mean, you can probably, you, you can, for the price that you would pay for Vinder Constance, you'll probably buy a sort of, Average mediocre European sweet wine. Yeah, and I mean you've got. You certainly you wouldn't get Rousseau or any no. of those that are sort of in that sort of royal yeah. triangle where yeah. all those very fancy schmancy things come from. Yeah, but yeah, so that's so you're going to make a sticky. We're definitely mm. going to do that. Yeah, and then Wade. Yes. The price points for Merendal because it's always quite mm. important for everybody who listens to you and me rabbiting on about all the yeah. gorgeousness of wine and winemaking and how pretty it is and it's, it is, it's heaven yeah. and then, you know a mere mortal can't afford to buy a bottle of this wine yeah. but you can with Mirandol because it's not overly priced No, no. So you've been amazing the way he, you know, he really has been amazing the way he's maintained yeah. the normalcy of that pricing on Mirandol, yes. I think so the pricing is very, I mean if I look at the estate range, we we go from a hundred rand. So sellable price, we go from a hundred rand to a hundred and forty-seven rand for our estate range. Yeah. Then we've got our collection range, which is obviously around about the two hundred rand mark, which is there's the, nothing the, over five hundred rand no, a bottle. And then the, the heritage block, which is a single vineyard, yeah, made only five thousand bottles at the most, is sitting at three seventy-five. Yeah, it, it really see. is. It's a so I honestly do believe. Um, I honestly do believe that everybody should try. A mm. bottle of Mirandol. Where have you got it listed in Johannesburg at the moment? Where can people go so, look for it? So well, they can buy direct from the farm, can't we, they? We can, you can buy direct from the farm. Um, but the nice thing is, so so Mirandol, well, we've, we've decided to attack the, the Joburg market this year. So I sort of focused on fine-tuning everything on the farm. Mm. And then around about April, just after harvest this year, I said, okay, now I'm, now I'm going to hit Johannesburg Johannesburg and Gauteng hard and get, get Merendal back into everyone's faces. It used to be on everybody's lips in yeah. Johannesburg. Everyone knew what Merendal was. And, I mean, all the guys, so like the guys at Liquor City, they they said, oh, man, we had a brilliant relationship with Merendal. Yeah. Let's look at it again. Yes, so good. It's, it's really cool. They, good. They, they're coming on board. Macro. Have you got it into supermarkets and things? Where so, mac, so macros come on board uh, the checkers and the pick and pays are sort of still, we're still working on them. Checkers and pick and pay. Oh, while we on the thing, we better cheers Raymond Ackerman. I see oh, he yeah, died yesterday. Just, cheers Raymond. He was yeah. a brilliant retailer. He did a, oh, he must, he had a good innings. He, he must have been in his 90s, 92, I think. 92. Was yeah, he? Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to sell wine through the pickers, through the yeah, supermarkets. Yeah. They, they, must, look, they need to read. 
they need to re- look at all that stuff. Yeah, so, so, so what we're doing is we, I'm focusing on the, like I said, I, I come from a family business and Mirandal's a family business. So we yeah. sort of, we're looking at the moms and pop shops, uh, like in, in Craigle Park, we've got the neighborhood, neighborhood, uh, neighborhood yes. liquors. We need to tell everybody about neighborhood liquors. It's mm. so cute. I went in there the other day, as yeah. you know, and it just reminded me of Norman Goodfellows 30 years ago. Yeah. It's a tiny little shop. Yeah, and Craig and Elsevier have put their yeah. energy into it, and it's yeah. clean and neat and tidy, and it's a baby shop. Yeah, and it's cute, and I want to be there. I want to be the shopkeeper. You know, I'm a frustrated tool well, operator. That'll, that, that'll that'll look nice because that's what I remember about the Do you old Norman Goodfellows in a low Danny, I never had a desk covered with boxes <laughs> and, and bottles. <laughs> it's exactly <coughs> what neighbor is it called? Neighborhood wine and liquor. Yeah, no, it's cute, guys. It's yeah. on the corner of Buckingham, I think. Yeah. And something else. It's where the spa shop is. Really, really nice little shop. Yeah. So you're in there, So hey? we're focusing on that and we're focusing on small things, but also focusing on relationships with historical places. So um, Harlequin's Rugby Club in yes. Pretoria. One of the oldest, it is the oldest rugby club in yeah, South Africa. Yeah, I would imagine. So um, just made a, a really nice building a relationship with them so Mirandal is the wine of the Harlequins Cup for the, the well, Rugby World Cup. Maybe we should tell everybody that we make Mirandal the wine of the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. And you've got to rush out and buy yourself a case because you can either there's something for everybody really. Yeah, it, it really you is. Could buy, you could buy a case of white and a case of red. Mm. How long does the World, World Cup go on? You boys have to it's, help me. It's eight weeks in total I think. Until the Everybody's looking. Yeah. I look to all these millennials to help me with all of this. I just, shit. I just know when the Springboks are playing. Um, but I, I think where's it, it happening? It's in France. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. the wrong question. They, to they, ask. No, they got lucky. They got lucky. If you ask me about the opera or the ballet, I could yeah. tell you about that. Reg, that's for the whole rest of the year. But yeah. I, I rugby, not so much. Yeah, it's it's really a pity that we lost the bid for the World Cup. I think it would have been, especially after winning in 2019, it would have been amazing to have that mm. have that kiss in the country. But I mean, I we, we're we doing all it. other stuff to. We would to have make done it in the dark, though, which would mm. have been a bit embarrassing. So maybe you know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're sparing us. They though. say God's yeah. rejection is protection sometimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so the World Cup is... We, we, so, we're mm-hmm. going to make Mirandol the World Cup mm. here. In this studio, Mirandol is the Rugby World Cup mm. one. Yeah. We're going to drink it. And I'm going to ask everybody every week which one you tasted. Yeah. Are they all on the shelf at Liquor, Liquor City? I better... Yeah. Better be nice to Manny at a gear. He might not speak to me again. <laughs> yeah, so they, they, they're all going to be on the shelf. And then I'm working with uh, Greg from Solly Kramers as well to get them on. Okay. And then Norman Goodfellows as well. They yeah, we all, can't forget them. But nobody ever all, forgets them anyway. No, 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 no. So they, they're all on the list. I actually got a nice photo from the guys at Norman Goodfellows in four ways yesterday. A nice nice gondola end with Mirandal from top to bottom, which is really nice. Brilliant. Okay. So it's it's... That, that's the whole plan. So you're getting it's, out there, yeah. It's the whole plan. Was See, it takes a Joburg to, boy to get Joburg sales, yeah. eh? It, it, it took front and center. That's in, in everyone's mind. That's where I want Mirandal to be. I want Mirandal to be on There's a thing list. to that old adage, you know, Chinese torture. Mm. If you just keep on dripping a yeah. thing on your forehead in the same space for the next 10 years, yeah. you know what water is. Yeah. Mm. And, I mean, it's the, the liquor on lips. I mean, we've gone very aggressive with... So, you know, giving people, let people drink the wine. Mm. You know, a lot of, yeah, we're in a tough economic climate, but 
So a lot of guys aren't giving out samples. You know, don't want to let people try the wine. But you know what? Samples, at the end of the day, does does the beef farmer go and drop off, you know, a whole lot of rump steaks to everybody and say, I know it's the Rugby World Cup match on Saturday. Have 3,000 rands worth of sample steak and then phone me if you like it sort of thing, you know. What's that? It's a nonsense thing that the Mm. liquor trade has... Mm brought upon themselves quite frankly with all this yeah. sampling and you know it's good for your brand and we yeah. get out there and we need an influencer we need this and we yeah. don't people no. need to actually buy the thing and drink it and build yeah. a, lo- a loyalty and yeah. it's a funny thing that I've always I've always marveled at there's brand loyalty on so many things except wine yeah no, there's, there's no brand loyalty. We need to find a way of captivating yeah. an audience that never swerves uh-uh. but you see having said that Mm. I'm actually being fickle myself because I don't only drink one brand of wine. No. I drink everybody's wine. It's all so delicious. But but that's the that's the amazing thing about wine is it's so personal. And mm. I uh, yeah, I don't take it personal if someone says oh, but I don't like your pinotage. Well, okay. No, yeah, then try something else. Yeah. And you know the other thing is is that as long as you're a brand that's as you say front of house, front of mind. Yeah. Somebody goes into checkers and they're buying lettuces and baked yeah. beans and what have you, and they think, oh, we need a few bottles of wine for the weekend. Yeah. They need to think, what should I, I'm in a hurry. What comes to mind first? Yeah. Mirandol, Boschendol, yeah. what, you know, there's, yeah. there's a couple of brands that mm. definitely, definitely do tick that box. Yeah. And that's what you've got to try and do. That, that's exactly what we want to do. And yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I mean, like talking to the guys from Liquor City, they knew it. They knew the brand. They had a really great relationship with the brand in the past. Everybody and, did. And it's, it's really, I haven't, the nice thing is I haven't had that much um, resistance, resistance, resistance yeah. to you the brand. You won't have. No, I mean, it's... it's you won't have. It, it was a great brand. It really was a, well, it is a great brand. It is, um, yeah. Uh, just, like I said, needed a little bit of realignment in, in yeah, its Yeah, a little bit of love. You know, it's amazing what happens to something when you love it a bit. Exactly. Yeah. can turn into an absolute, yeah. you know, swan. Yeah, that yeah. little ugly duckling will yeah, make, it, and, make it a swan. And I mean, uh, that I've, I can see, I've always seen the potential in that place. It, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go, we're going to get it back to where it was and... It'll be sure you will. center. I'm yeah. absolutely sure you will. Mm. What's your favorite wine? In general. You've got one that you can choose. For this interview, if I interview you again, you can change it again. But for today, what's your favorite wine? You're going to the gallows tomorrow. What are you going to drink tonight? That's a, that's a, that's mm. a, that's a, that's a difficult one to think of because there's so yes. many. If you could ask for anything... Ask for anything to have with your dinner tonight. Jeez, like what would it be? I'd say for me, probably some, a bot- bottle of stove paint so that you can go to bed without your kids waking you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think uh, a two thousand and three Constantia eight of Semyon. Really. Gee I'd, whiskers, I'd like that's to, hard praise coming from a really good winemaker, guys. I'd, I'd, I'd like to... 2003, yeah. Simeon. Yeah. Still drinking. Yeah. Something, that's something that has always blown my mind. I mean, 
if I uh, if if I can get if I can get Harriman to let allow me, I'll plant some semion on the farm. Oh, as well. we love semion. I love semion. Um, we love it. It's beeswaxy yeah. and glycolic, and it just adds layers of yeah. seduction to any yeah. Sauvignon Blanc. So. And but it's all right standing on its own as well. It is. That's that's the thing I love about it, and I think those old those old those semion, old sems. And if you can make a sticky sem, even yeah, better. Even better, yeah. <laughs> That would be awesome. And what would you eat with your 2003 Semillon? It won't pair with the wine. It doesn't matter. Um, I told everybody I have boiled eggs and soldiers with, with yeah. Latash. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, Putanescas. Really? So, yeah. I'll, so is that what you're going to have with uh, your death row meal? Yeah, I think that, that'll be, I'll be happy with that. And a bottle of Sam. I'll be happy with that, too. And maybe some olive pudding afterwards, and I'll be happy. Then they can do what they Wait, need to. Wait, you're a gorgeous boy. Thank you for coming into my studio. Everybody yeah. is going to drink Mirandole as often and as happily as they yeah. possibly can. You'll find it in most liquor outlets around the country, I'm sure. Yeah. And you can see the lovely, fresh energy that's going into the farm. Thank you so much it's for coming pleasure. to join Always us. It's lovely to speak to you. No, we love having you boys in the studio. Thank you very, very much. we we'll see you again soon. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you.